We are a family. A church is a family. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes in the life of a family, the right thing to do is just sit down and have a conversation together and to share our hearts and to be super transparent and honest and just real authentic. And that's really what we're going to be doing tonight. If you are visiting with us, uh, this is a little bit different for us in a weekend. Occasionally we'll do this, but it's not the norm to see two of our teaching pastors up here together at the same time, sitting down, acting all casual, and uh, just chilling out around a table. Especially but close. Yeah, especially sitting this close. Yeah, I feel a little odd. It's a little awkward. You can move over a little bit if you want. I will. Uh, but we are, if you're visiting, we're normally, we're, we're studying in a series. Right now we're preaching straight through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And we are studying through that series, and we are right in the middle of chapter 6. And so we're going to take a break this weekend. We'll be picking that up again next weekend. Um, but we want to take some time tonight and just share some things with you that are going on in the life of our church family. Ten, a little over ten years ago now, I guess it's been uh, 1998, I guess when it originally, I guess that first, or 1999, when that first uh, moment happened for me, this journey called hope began in my heart. That began in the heart of God way before it began in my heart, but God invited me to get in on it uh, in 1999. I was having a, <coughs> a quiet time, and I've told you this. For some of you, you've heard this now dozens and dozens of times. But uh, just sitting down reading my Bible one morning, spending time with God in Luke chapter 4, and verse 43, and Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. And that morning, as sure as anything, God spoke clearly into my heart. And I didn't know exactly what he was saying, but I knew this much. God was putting something in my heart about joining in his activity in another city in the world for the expansion of his kingdom. And I went, and Christy's sitting down here. <laughs> we got together, and we prayed, and we said, Lord, yes. We don't know when. We don't know where. But the answer is yes. And you know the Paul Harvey rest of the story, right? God, God had the, the sense of humor to fill in the blank with the city of Las Vegas, a city that was not on my radar. I was preaching all week this last week in Alabama. That's why I'm struggling with a little bit of allergies. I picked up some stuff back in Alabama and brought it back to Las Vegas with me. But uh, back there in Alabama this week, I told them the same thing I've told you many times. When God uh, called me to Las Vegas, where I grew up in Alabama, Las Vegas is not a place people visit. If they do, they don't tell anybody. They don't think Las Vegas is hell, but they believe you can smell it from here. It's just, uh, they, they think we all live in casinos and we all are uh, gambling away our life savings in Las Vegas. So uh, I, it couldn't have caught me more off, off guard, and yet it's exactly what God was doing in my family. So Christy and I prayed, put our yes on the table, and God relocated us to Las Vegas. But a part of the process for us of coming to Las Vegas was God birthed in our hearts very quickly that... He wasn't calling us by ourselves, that we were putting together a team, that God was going to assemble a team. I, I, I recognize Paul in the New Testament as the greatest missionary who's ever lived, and yet Paul never went anywhere by himself. Paul is always followed by the word and. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Titus, Paul and Timothy, Paul and you fill in the blank. There's a whole bunch of them. Sometimes it was a group of guys. And so we began to pray, Christian and I, about a team that we would put together that we believe God was joining our hearts together with. And at that time, I was serving at a church in Tennessee. And one of my responsibilities was I had six seminary interns that worked directly for me. And my job was to manage those six guys that were in seminary. They were getting their education. 
And one of the interns that worked for me uh, at that time was Mike Lauren. And Mike and his sweet wife Jennifer <laughs> had become very good friends of Christy and I and actually had started seminary. And uh, while I was in seminary, Mike came to seminary and then I graduated and he finished up his seminary there. And so I, I brought Mike in one day and, and said, man, I really believe that you're supposed to be a part of this team. And, and God began to work in their hearts and had been doing some of that. And Mike and his wife, Jennifer, man, they put their yes on the table. And then we relocated here as families together to join in what God was doing of starting this church. But from day one, we've all lived with that yes on the table. Uh, because as pastors, before we're pastors, we are husbands and fathers who follow Jesus Christ and try to lead our families to pursue God's activity in our lives. And we have to live the same way you live before God every day, saying, Lord, what do you want today? Lord, where do you want me? Where do you want my family? And so we're sitting before you tonight because we want to talk to you about some transition that is happening in the life of our pastoral team. And we just thought a very appropriate way to do this tonight. I mean, we are a family. We've been this way for now nine years. And we wanted to just, in the most transparent, authentic, genuine way we could, sit down and have a conversation with you so that you could hear our hearts. So that you could see into our lives. You know, sometimes you see us up here and you see us as the preachers and the pastor. But, but again, before we're all of that, we are men that are just trying, just like you are, to just seek God daily and find out exactly what He has for us. And so we wanted to kind of let you see into that. So with that kind of mic as the, as the, the, the parameters of the kind of the, the table that we've set here, I guess, tonight. Small one. Um, what does, uh, what, what, tell us what God is doing in your life. Yeah. Well, as you, as you talk, Vance, it's really hard for me to believe that it's been over 10 years ago since Jennifer and I were in seminary in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, getting ready to graduate seminary and knew, knew that God had a call on our lives, but didn't know where mm. at that point, didn't know what it was going to look like. And uh, I'll never for, forget that day that Vance called me into his office for our weekly meeting, and I sat on the other side of the table, and he said, man, let me tell you what, Chris, uh, what God's called Christy now to be a part of. And, you know, the minute I heard that, the first thing in my mind was, gosh, I would love to be a part of something like that. Because God had already uh, began to work some things in my life that Las Vegas fit perfect. So when Vance said that, it was like, man, boy, I would love to be a part of that. And the next sentence out of Vance's mouth was, would you like to be part of that? <laughs> so my answer was, let me pray about it, but I think the answer is yes. <laughs> so <clears throat> obviously what happened at that point was... God began to open a door for Jennifer and my family. My family was much smaller 10 years ago, but for my family to, to have an opportunity to come to the city of Las Vegas and be part of a church plant with Vance and the team. And what an incredible, unbelievable 10 years it has been. I had no idea when I said yes what I was signing on mm -hmm. for, but it's far exceeded my expectations relationally, ministry-wise, to get to be part of a church from the very beginning and see what God does in the life of people and a body that he's allowed us to experience is more than I could ever imagine. Mm. So <clears throat> I guess it's been about a year ago, something nine months a year, something like that. Um, I really began to discern, for lack of a better, better term, a, a real stirring uh, in, in, our, in my heart. I uh, didn't really understand it, didn't really know what it meant. The only way I know to describe it is a stirring, an unsettledness that God was doing something. Now, it didn't make a lot of sense because God, for 10 years, had, had driven this stake in the ground in Las Vegas for my family. We knew without any doubt 
we were where we were supposed to be, doing what we were supposed to be doing, and that stake was solid for 10 years. So this stirring in my heart didn't, didn't really make a lot of sense, and Jennifer and I wrestled with it, and uh, Lord, what are you saying? I'm in a church that I love. I work with a team that I love most of the time, but I'm just kidding. Uh, an incredible opportunity. My family's happy here. I'm in a church that's one of the greatest churches on the planet. Lord, why this unsettledness? What, what does this mean? How am I to discern this? So, <clears throat> you know, when you're in a situation like that, really the only thing we need to do was to wait and listen to the Lord. He had not given us any clarity or any clear direction, just a stirring and an unsettledness in our heart. So we were committed to wait on the Lord and seek His face and be in His Word and uh, and walk with Him through this until He showed us some clarity. So we waited on the Lord. And then uh, when you're in a situation like that, you, you kind of seek some counsel and you go to some people and start asking questions and sharing what's on your heart. So it's kind of been our pattern for 10 years. I went in to talk to Vance. This was early in the spring, I guess maybe February, uh, and sat down across the desk again. Uh, and uh, we kind of took our pastor's hats off, and I said, man, here's what's on my heart, and I just need to share it with you. And I don't know exactly what it means. I don't know how to discern it, but there's a stirring, an unsettledness in our heart. And you remember that conversation? Absolutely. We, we, Absolutely. we and talked. I, and, and, you know, when you're in ministry, it's not uncommon for you at seasons, just like it is in your personal lives, to walk through seasons where you sense a stirring. It usually begins with a restlessness, and that's when God's doing something. You don't always know what it is, and you don't know what it's going to mean, and sometimes it's minor, and sometimes it's major, and so you begin to enter that process of really trying to discern God's voice and seeking counsel. And so when Mike came to me and shared it with me, it wasn't uncommon because from the very beginning of our relationship 10 years ago, every year I've sat Mike down and because of the giftings and callings on his life every year and said, man, are you, are you still content? I, I, are you still content with where God has you? Because I knew at some point there may come a time in Mike's life when he wanted to take another step in, in ministry and in, in more of a lead role. And so we'd always had this conversation. But when he came this time, immediately what triggered in my mind was, hey, Boulder City. We've had this opportunity open up in Boulder City. Uh, it's an incredible path. I mean, God just really gave us this door. He really opened this door for us to the city. And so the first thing I did after going away and praying about it was I came back and I sat down with Mike and I said, man, let me tell you a possibility. And I, I was trying to figure out, okay, how can we let this stirring happen? How can we allow it to be there and, and go through this and yet figure out a way to keep us all together at the same time? And because, uh, you know, that's what we all do, right? As humans, we say, okay, God, we want what you want. We'd like it to look like this. <laughs> and so uh, we do the same thing you do. And so I said, all right, Mike, what, what if we consider this? What if, what if we let you go out and be our primary teaching pastor in Boulder City? You would lead out there. You'd stay as a part of our lead team, continue to be a part of our plurality of elders here on our main campus. And continue to do the counseling and all this kind of stuff for us at Hope. And, and what do you think about that? So, Mike, I, I pitched that to you. And, and as you prayed through that, where'd you yeah. land? Yeah, so Vance, you know, we have this conversation about Boulder City. With the stirring in our heart, we began to pursue that option. Uh, we considered that as a route that our family might be, God might be leading our family as a direction for our family. So we really began to pursue that. And, and what we found out is God really is at work in Boulder City. God has opened up an incredible door of opportunity and ministry for this church in Boulder City. So it was very appealing to us for a lot of reasons because of the opportunity to be a part of something new again, to be a, 
uh, to be able to connect relationally with so many people there that were interested, the ability to stay here in Vegas as a part of hope and what God was doing. And kind of like Vance said, it kind of fit, if you will, the human side of what I thought maybe God was doing in our hearts. So we really pursued that. And ironically enough, really within about a two-week period when Vance and I had this conversation, along with the Boulder City option coming on the table, I was contacted by another church out of state. That was a church that Jennifer and I had a history with. Uh, it was a church very much like Hope in a lot of ways, a nations on their heart, a kingdom-minded church uh, who called and asked me to consider talking about becoming their pastor. So I said, well, you know, with all this stirring that's been going on and uh, a little bit of uncertainty of what God has for us, sure, we'll talk about it. So uh, Boulder City thing's going on. Uh, we have this interview with this uh, uh, other church and so we went through the interview process one one discussion and as best I can say after talking to both opportunities looking at both opportunities we were convinced uh, that God had was not finished with us here in Las Vegas that the stake that he had driven in the ground uh, was still intact and still very solid and the opportunity at Boulder City seemed to be the best route uh, so we contacted that other church that had called us and said, we, we're going to have to pull our names out of the hat, take our name out. We uh, no longer want to be a candidate. We really, as best we can tell right now, God's not finished with us in Las Vegas. Because the calling of God on our lives in Las Vegas had been so clear. There was no way until he gave equal clarity that he was doing something else that we were even going to consider leaving the city he had called us to. And at that point in March, middle of March, there was no clarity whatsoever about leaving the city he had called us to. So really for the next two months, we pursued the Boulder City option. And again, we're, we're really excited about what was going on there. God was doing something. God had presented us with land and a facility. And uh, some of you guys were so excited about what God was doing there. And God was at work in Boulder City, and he still is. And, and what we knew was this, is God had opened an incredible door for Hope Baptist Church to minister in the city of Las Vegas. But after several months, to be real honest, of pursuing that, by the time June rolled around, my wife and I were able to get away for a few days and able to finish a conversation without kids around, you know how that is, and really talk through some things. Uh, God really impressed on our hearts at that point, or probably early June, that even though God was doing incredible work there, and Hope was going to have an incredible work there, that was not the direction that he was leading our family. And he made that really clear by the 1st of June. So we get that from the Lord and uh, kind of continue on. So here we find ourselves in the middle of June, almost late June now. This stirring is still going on. This unsettledness is here. And Lord, what are you telling us? What are you leading our family to do? We need some clarity from you. And, and like Vance said, be encouraged. We live there sometimes too. With We don't know the next step. We know God's stirring. We know he's doing something, but we simply don't know the next step. So what do you do in times like that? Well, I kind of have a pattern, and Vance has seen this pattern over the last 10 years. I go to the mountains. So <laughs> I picked a Sunday, and I uh, took my Bible and my journal, and I went up to Mount Charleston and just spent the whole day alone with the Lord up on Mount Charleston. And basically, I went to that time asking the Lord as best I could. I said, Lord, I need some clarity here. Will you please show us the next step? So I opened up my Bible and began to read in 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy is a very important book to me because that's really the book God used 
to call me to ministry to begin with. So I just began reading 2 Timothy. And I wasn't expecting lightning bolts or anything to come out of the sky or an audible voice. I just needed some clarity from the Lord. So as I was reading through 2 Timothy, uh, it really was as if God just began to meet with me. And again, not an audible voice, uh, not a lightning bolt, but just the impression upon my heart became very clear upon the mountain. As I, as I listened to him through his word, he, he really revealed two things. And I wrote these down in my journal as quick as, as they began to come to my mind and form in my mind. That God made two things very clear. The first one was this. Is that, Mike, you're a pastor. Don't look for anything else. Exactly what you've been doing here to Hope for the last 10 years is what you're supposed to be doing. You're called, gifted, equipped to be a pastor. All right? got that because when you're in a situation of uncertainty and stirring you're thinking well lord am i should i look at doing something else i mean yeah. there's a lot of things i'd like to do and i would enjoy doing but i had to hear really clearly from the lord no this is what i made you to do this is what i created you to do and a real recon reconfirmation of that from the lord so that's the first thing made very clear from his word second timothy you're a pastor but then the second thing he began to make very clear in my life for the very first time that he had ever began to make this clear was, Mike, I'm leading you into a season. Uh, I'm giving you a new ministry assignment. And as clearly as I'd ever heard it in 10 years, because I'd never heard it in 10 years, it was as if the, the tent stake that I described to you earlier, God was just beginning to move that tent stake. And for the first time ever, with great clarity, that tent stake was coming up. And what God made very clear was, I'm getting ready to give you a new assignment. And what that meant immediately was, your time at hope is coming to an end. And all I can say at that moment is there was a huge sense of mixed emotion. <laughs> you know, in one sense, you have the sense of, all right, Lord, I, I'm so thankful for clarity. But Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Could you say that again? Are you telling me? Are you impressing on my heart that the work that you called me to 10 years ago, you're saying that that work is coming to an end? So I wrote that in my journal, and uh, all I can say is at that moment there was a great sense of thankfulness. You know, I, I, the, the words of my journal are, thank you, Lord. I'm overwhelmed with the sense that, of what you've allowed me to experience for 10 years. It's been beyond my wildest imaginations. I'm so undeserving of all that you've done in mine and my family's life over the last 10 years. Thank you, Lord. But then the sense of, all right, I always say my yes is on the table. You know, we say that and we preach that, but do we really mean that? Mm -hmm. And my only response at that point was, Lord, our yes is on the table. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know the next step. You've just revealed these two things to us. So we came off the mountain that day knowing those two things. You're, you're a pastor. You're called to be a pastor. Don't look for something else. But I'm getting ready to give you a new assignment. And your season at Hope is coming, coming to an end. So God had made those things very clear mm -hmm. to me. So Mike came down from the mountain, if you will. <laughs> For me, I usually go check into a Hilton hotel somewhere. So <laughs> Mike and I are a little yeah. different. A little different, different wiring. Yeah. But uh, so Mike comes down and Mike shares these things with me. And one of the great joys of leading this team is... <laughs> Um, I get to work with guys that I have unbelievable respect with their ability to discern God's voice and to speak into their life. So 
when one of these guys says something to me, I don't take it lightly. And I'd already done my best job early on in the year to create something and try to talk Mike into this direction. And uh, when, when, when he came and shared those things for me, I, I did what, what we always do with each other. I began to ask some questions. You know, the best thing you can do is have people in your life that when you're trying to seek God's will, they don't just bobblehead, but they begin to ask some really serious questions to help you discern God's voice. You want somebody that's going to speak into your life. So that's what I was doing for Mike. I began to ask him some questions. And so what we thought we wanted to do tonight is we wanted to just let you pull in real close. And I want to ask Mike some of those questions so you can hear his heart. Uh, I think one of the great disservices that churches do their congregation a lot of times is a lot of stuff like this happens behind closed doors and you get a three-minute statement read on a letter and that's all the information you get and everybody's left to wonder what in the world you know what's going on and and you know at hope our pattern has been we live with the information on the table we're a family we want to we want you to hear where we are and what we're doing and we want you to know exactly how we discern God's voice so we thought we'd we'd share some of this with you so you could hear our heart and secondly I think there's going to be some real takeaways in this that you can learn more about how God would speak into your life. So, Mike, one of the first questions I ask him, and I'll ask you again, is how we say God gave clarity, God confirmed. Yeah. How yeah. did, if it wasn't lightning bolts and, and writing in the sky, how did God confirm this? Right. Yeah. Again, obviously, when you're impressed with something like this on your heart, the first thing you do is say, Lord, you need to confirm this. I need to know for sure. This is what you're saying. So as I kind of think back and even look through my journals, really four things that God used to confirm something like this in, our, in my heart. The first one, and a very important one, was my wife. <laughs> I, I came down the mountain and went and immediately talked to Jennifer and you know, was able to share these things that I believe God was laying on my heart. And it's very important and very encouraging when God is doing something in, in my heart and then you go to your wife and you realize he's been doing the exact same thing in her heart. Yeah. So we go and we sit down and I share these couple things that the Lord had, had impressed on my heart. And, and her response was, sweetheart, I, I've really been sensing those for months now. I mean, what's taking you so long? No. But <laughs> the confirmation that God was doing something apart from one another in her heart and in my heart. And then to be able to sit down and discuss it and realize, you know what, it's the same thing. God's doing the exact same thing. And that's confirmation. It's confirmation, especially when a husband and wife are one. God's, there may be times you don't agree perfectly on things, and that happens. But ultimately, God's going to be leading you in the same direction. So my wife was a huge one. The second one was counsel from others, you know, like Vance and other guys and gals that I have a relationship with. One of the first people I called, to be honest, was Pastor Chip, Chip Riggs. You guys remember Chip? We continued to have a great conversation. And he'd gone through a similar process several years before. And Great conversation with him. I shared what was going on and out of that conversation, just some confirmation for me that this is exactly what God is doing. And then, you know, we talk about this, but you really want this in your heart when you're about ready to make a major decision, is that sense of rightness about it. Just that sense, that inner sense of rightness that, you know, the Philippians idea that be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication and God, the peace of God. Yeah. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, that peace doesn't always mean you're ready to jump up and down and all excited about it right away, but there's a sense, a settled sense of rightness, and God gave us that. And ever since that, you know, that time on the mountain, that peace has remained there. There's been some things we hadn't understood, some things that scare us, some things that 
you know, we may not even know exactly why God's doing it, but there's been that sense of rightness. Mm -hmm. And then finally, and, and probably the most significantly, is you need to hear from the, from the Scriptures. God needs to confirm from His Word. And not, you know, you just go and say, all right, I'm going to start having a quiet time now, <laughs> you know, because I've I, I got to hear from the Lord. But out of a pattern of spending time That's with Jesus, uh, just you're listening. I mean, you, the, the radar is up. Lord, confirm this. Lord, I'm listening to what you're saying. So I was in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 1, the Old Testament. And uh, chapter 1, I came to this verse one morning. And it, it is it's just one of those times where it's as if the verse just jumps off the page. And the Bible said this, the Lord our God spoke to us at Mount Sinai and said, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, turn and set your journey. And it was one of those moments where the scripture, the word of God became crystal clear. God was once again saying, Mike, your time here is done, but that's okay. That's my plan. So I kept on reading. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 32 says, And the Lord your God, who goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to encamp in fire by night and cloud by day, will show you the way in which you should go. Mm. And I needed to hear that. Yeah. Because God had said, all right, you're breaking camp, the tent stake's coming up, but at the same time I want you to know, I am going before you to seek out the place where you're going to encamp. And I will lead you in the way you're to go. Mm. And boy, I've held on to that verse. We've prayed that verse and held on to that verse tightly over the last mm. few weeks. So God spoke very clearly through his scriptures. And that's very important to hear a word from the word when you're trying to make a major decision. Now, Mike, so everybody can kind of walk along with us on this <laughs> journey. When you, when you get that direction from the Lord, does God give you all the answers? <laughs> yes, every single answer he immediately gives. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, when you're in a process like this, again, what you learn with the Lord is, I think he gives you just enough, he gives you just enough to take the next step and just enough to trust him more. Mm. Because here, you know, our, our response is we always want to know the answers. Tell us what's going to happen next month, next year. Lord, fill in all those blanks. And it's as if God says, no, mm. I'm, not more, I'm not overly concerned about the answers. I'm concerned about the relationship. Mm. And I'm going to give you just enough take the next step and just enough to trust me and that's what he's done this so process what are some things then that you have learned in this process that would be beneficial for each one of us as we each continue to live with a yes on the table and seek God what are some things you've learned yeah it's been a great process of, of listening to the Lord and here's here's a very important truth that we've learned you know when you're going through something like this we talked about seeking counsel and that's very important and obviously you have a lot of people that love you and care about you. And, uh, but ultimately, mm -hmm. when you're processed like this, ultimately what you can say is his voice is all that matters. Yeah. Because there's a lot of well-meaning people and friends who have God's plan for your life, so to speak. And it may be God's plan, but it may not be God's plan. And the point is, you know, just like Jesus said, we live by every word that proceeds from his mouth. Yeah, that's right. His voice is all that matters. Mm -hmm. So that means those times alone with him and that time when you're listening to him, Lord, your voice is ultimately all that matters. That's been a huge thing. Secondly, God's taught us that we are able to recognize his voice 
as an overflow of our intimacy with him. In other words, it's not really healthy to get in a situation like this and say, okay, I better start spending time with God. Hopefully it's been the pattern of your life. And when you get in a situation like this, you just continue to listen to him. And the overflow of that relationship and then an intimacy with him, you're going to be able to hear his voice. Mm. It's an overflow of that intimacy. And then another thing that's been very helpful for us is whenever God's leading you in a decision like this, we always need to remember God always has the big picture in mind. Always. Say, what do you mean by that? Well, our nature is to try to fix all the little details. And our nature is to try to think, okay, I need to, what's this mean for hope? What does this mean for my family? What does this mean for others? What does this mean for all the different pieces that are involved in it? And it's as if God, once again, is like, I've got it covered. All right. I see the big picture much better than you do. And when God leads you to something and God's calling you to a step of obedience, just know he always has the big picture in mind. He knows all those details. Ours is to simply trust him and to take the next step. And then finally, very important to learn is when, when you're seeking God's will and you're really seeking for some clarity in the situation, we just need to remember God desires for us to know him more than he desires for us to know his will. Yeah, that's right. You know, we can get really all uptight about, God, I want to know your will. I want to know your will. Show me your will. And sometimes he knows, okay, if I show you my will, then you're just going to go off and do your own thing. I desire you and intimacy with you. And sometimes he may not show you the whole picture or even the next step yet because he desires the relationship with you more than he desires to show you his will sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you learn things like this in the process that's that you've real been good. through. That's real good. And when Mike first came and sat down and started sharing some of this with me, I mean, one of the obvious questions that we wrestled with very first is what about church planting? And you may or may not know this, but when Mike came on our team originally, our original design was that Mike would be our first church planter out of our church, that we would launch Mike out as a church plant somewhere in the western United States. And so that's really that conversation Mike and I have sat down and had every year about the the particular role of church planting. I mean, at Hope, it's part of our DNA. So the natural, obvious thing you would think is tonight we'd be sitting before you saying, we're about to put a team around Mike and launch him out as a church planter in the west. Uh, so, Mike, why are we not talking about church planning tonight? Yeah, and just like Van said, we've had this conversation at least yearly. Uh, is it time? Is, is it, just like you said, are we ready to launch out and plan a church? Because that's who we are at Hope. And the only answer I know that is two things very clearly. Is number one is just calling. Hmm. I mean, every year we have gone before the Lord on a regular basis and said, Lord, are you leading us to go plant? Are you leading us to go start a church here in Vegas or somewhere else? And very simply, that clear, distinct call has not been there from the Lord. And to jump out and do something like that without a clear, distinct call would be foolishness. Yeah. And there's no way we would do that. So God has simply not given us that distinct call. And I think part of that, that the, the calling of God always has to do with your gifting. You know, when you're in ministry and been here 10 years, you kind of learn who you are in ministry. Yeah. That's very important. And you also learn who you're not. You know, we teach shepherd training, and I teach that class. It's very important to understand our shape, the way God's put us together, and to be comfortable with that and to serve within that shape that God gives you. And I'm learning my shape, and we've learned who I am here in ministry, and I'm just not convinced that that lead role on a church plant is the way God's shaped me right now. God's free to do anything He wants in the future, but right now, as best I can understand, 
about who I am and the way God's wired us, he's not called us to that because I don't know that he's gifted us for that right now. And those two always go hand in hand. So it's a calling and a gifting issue. And I would affirm that completely in that, you know, I travel and train and teach a lot of people about church planting. I was this week training church planters in the state of Alabama and pouring into them. And one of the things we always teach is the importance of a definitive call. And if you're going to be involved in church planting, you need to know God has called you because in church planting, you can experience the highest highs and the lowest lows all in the same 24-hour period. And we've enjoyed a lot of what the world would call success at Hope, but I'll be honest with you, there are a hundred different times we would have quit. Uh, But you can't quit what you didn't start. When you know God's called you. And so in the arena of church planting, it, it has to be a definitive call. And so I would completely affirm, Mike, what you're saying there, that you've you got to be the, have that call, and you've yeah. never articulated that or sensed you know, that that's what God's calling you to do. And you can't force that. As much as we'd like to do it in Boulder City or somewhere else, right. you can't force the call of God. Um, in a process like this, Mike, what are, what's been the most difficult part <laughs> of this for you? You know, when you're in a process like this, I think the most difficult thing sometimes is simply not knowing. You know, you go days and weeks, and you know there's a stirring, and you know God's doing something, but he simply doesn't give you the clarity you desire. So your prayer during those times are, Lord, give us clarity. What are you doing? Show us that. So sometimes it's not knowing, but then ironically enough, sometimes in a process like this, the most difficult thing is knowing. (laughs) When he does give you clarity, and he does reveal the next step, then your prayer is not for clarity, your prayer is for courage, and your prayer for his is, Lord, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure this is what you're saying? So at the same time, it can be not knowing, but then it can be knowing because obviously as God reveals some of these things to us and even the steps we're involved in right now of, of transitioning away from hope, that's not easy. Um, we had never prayed, Lord, we're ready to go from hope. We, that had never been a prayer of ours, ever. So for God to reveal this, it took a lot of, and we're still praying for a lot of courage to say, yes, Lord, we, we don't fully understand it all, but we know you have the big picture. So knowing and mm. not knowing. That's a good word. There are probably some people, Mike, sitting out here that are experiencing a stirring in their own heart and life. Maybe it's something on a smaller scale. Maybe it's on a scale like what you're dealing with. Sure. Uh, maybe it's on an even larger scale. What, what would you say to somebody sitting here tonight that might be wrestling through one of those times of where God's stirring their heart. Right, and I couldn't say this strongly enough. Press into Christ. Mm. In other words, you'll find yourself pursuing all these different options, all these different things, all these different what-ifs, all these different possibilities. But ultimately, number one, press into the relationship with Christ. Sit before Him. Wait. Listen. Be in His Word. Pursue the relationship like never before. Because it's out of that that he'll give you the clarity that you're looking for. So press into Christ. And then out of that, learn to listen to his voice. Mm. You know, one of the most difficult things for us to do as busy, uh, doing, active human beings is to listen. And to stop. And to hear the voice of the Lord. Because sometimes I think God's been speaking Maybe and revealing things to us, but we're so busy and so active and so all over the place, we haven't stopped to listen to his voice. 
press into him, listen to his voice. And then I encourage all of us, and we say this, but let me just say this again. Mm. We really do always need to live with our yes on the table. Yeah, that's right. Because if, if Jennifer and I had not been living with our yes on the table 10 years ago, we would have never experienced all of this. So for us to say now, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but uh, the answer is no. <laughs> what in the world might we be missing? Yeah. And if, you, and if you're there struggling with a, something that God has revealed and, and you're like, Lord, I don't know, <laughs> maybe instead of a simple yes, and you may have no idea what you're missing and what God has for you. Mm. So press into that relationship. Listen to his voice. And it's a very healthy to regularly say, Lord, our yes is on the table. Yeah. Are we where we're supposed to be? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Lord, Yes, and then you fill in the blank. So those are some helpful That's real good. Helpful things. Mike, what's, what's next for the Lauren family? Yeah. Well, we're definitely hanging on to Deuteronomy 1, that he's going to go before us and show us the place that we're to camp. And that's definitely where we are in one aspect. We're watching. We're listening. Uh, we believe God has absolutely faithfully shown us one side of the coin, and that is that he has a new assignment for us and that our time at hope is is coming to an end and we believe with the exact same clarity he's going to show us the next step so we are watching listening praying like never before as a family uh, but also we are um, pretty far down the line in a uh, process with a sister church great church church that's a lot like hope that is very interested in us uh, being their senior pastor and we are pretty far along the line in that process uh, listening to the Lord we want absolute confirmation and we want him wherever God calls us to nail a stake in the ground as firmly as he did in Las Vegas for yeah, 10 years good. and until he does we're not going to move an inch uh, so we're involved in a, in a in a process there and then um, our yes is on the table and we're waiting for him to fill in that blank but we we get a pretty good sense of, of what he's doing and how he's filling that in so over the next few weeks, uh, as a family, uh, and here on staff, uh, we're going to be transitioning uh, out of our role that we've had for the last 10 years and uh, kind of be bringing some things to an end here. And uh, You know, that's not easy for us. Sitting up here tonight and looking at faces is not easy for us. To look over at my wife's face is not easy, and it's not easy to sit next to this guy at this very small table tonight. But... <laughs> point is God's made it very clear and uh, ours is to obey so what it's going to look like over the next few weeks is, is we're going to be transitioning out and I just want you guys to know this is not a position that we've held for 10 years this is who we are I mean uh, we, we've been shaped in ministry by the experiences God's given us here uh, our family's who our family is because of what God's done here for 10 years and the friends and the people God has led in our life we are who we are because of our last 10 years at Hope and no matter what happens or where God takes us, uh, hope was not just a job for us. Hope is part of who we are. Mm. We will always be part of this hope family. We'll always want to know what's going on and what's the next step for hope. And whatever that looks like over the next few years, hope is simply a part of who we are as a family. And I cannot say enough thank you for an unbelievable privilege and a humbling opportunity it's been to serve as your pastor 
and as one of your pastors over the last 10 years. It has been life-changing. It has been more than we could ever imagine. You have been a huge part in that. And thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's meant the world to us. Mm. So thank you from the Lauren family. Mm. So amen. Mike will be, uh, by the end of this month, be officially transitioning out of his pastoral responsibilities here at Hope. Uh, the last Sunday of this month, October 30, 31, mark it on your calendars, be here. Mike is going to be preaching that weekend and as, as the last official time. It won't be the last time Mike preaches here. Matter of fact, we've already talked about a date next year for him to come back. <laughs> and we're working that into the contract with the new place, wherever he's going to be. But um, uh, so, uh, but, but. That October 30, 31 will be Mike and Jennifer's last official weekend with us here at Hope to, to give them the freedom to finish this process with this other church where they are uh, talking to. And, and we're not trying to be super secretive about that. It's just he's in a process with another church. And until they finish that, we want that church to be able to share with their fellowship and not hear it online on our website. So um, we want to let, let that process play its course. Um, but, but October 30, 31 will be their last <laughs> official weekend, and we're going to continue to love this family and keep up with them. And, um, you know, one of the uh, great joys of this work is the people that you get to do it with. And uh, I almost made it. You said you weren't going to do this. I know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> But at the same time, we have to live what we preach. And that is, we have to hold everything we have loosely. And uh, that's who we are at Hope. We're not about a church. We're about the kingdom of God. And wherever God plants this family, the kingdom wins. Mm -hmm. And that is what really matters. I'm going to ask... Jennifer to come up here and join us, and Christy, you're here, I'm going to ask you to come up here with My wife didn't know she was going to get to do this, but um, come up here with us, and I'm going to just close this time in a season of prayer for Mike and Jennifer, and we'll do this again the end of this month, where we get to really love on them as a church family, but we wanted to share it with you now, so you had a few weeks to just love this family, and let them know how much you love them, and so we want to pray for this family thing. You move on that side by Jennifer and we'll, we'll just pray for them together. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you this evening. And God, I thank you for um, this family that we get to stand here with tonight. And Lord, the last decade of our lives... You've allowed us to do life together. Lord, it's been a great joy. It's been a great honor. And Lord, I thank you for this family. Lord, we have all seen our lives changed in so many ways we can't even... There's not enough time to articulate. But God, at the same time, 
before we are anything else. We belong to you. We are yours. And we live surrendered to your desires and purposes. God, even when we don't understand them. Lord, ten years ago there was a church that didn't understand at all me leaving and moving my family 2,000 miles to Las Vegas. They, they didn't like it. Uh, some of them told me that in a variety of ways. And yet, Lord, that was your plan. And God, now we see so obviously why. And Lord, today we, we don't understand. And in some ways we grieve. But in other ways we rejoice because we know that you see tomorrow as clearly as we see yesterday. So Lord, tonight we pray for this sweet family. God, I pray that the next month here as they finish out their time at Hope would just be sweet. Lord, they'd get to reminisce and enjoy time with friends and share stories and memories. And God, I thank you for the investment that they've made in this city. Lord, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. God, if we lay this at your feet and we submit it to you, in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. See you guys next week. Just say to you, before we stand and sing tonight and bring our service to a close um, you know Mike's family, my family we're in Las Vegas today because of the gospel of Jesus Christ we want to see people that don't know Jesus Christ come to know him and see their lives change maybe you're here tonight and you just got invited by a friend and you didn't know you were coming to a love fest you know a couple of buddies sharing their story with you but uh you just came in tonight with a need in your heart. And let me tell you what, Mike Lauren Vance Pittman can't meet that need, but Jesus Christ can. Jesus Christ can change your life. And when we stand to sing in just a moment, we're going to have a couple of our pastors just kind of over at the side. And when we sing tonight, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to know the same Jesus that Mike and I know that's changed our lives, then you just go to one of these pastors and say to them, hey, I want to give my life to Christ tonight. They'll get somebody to show you how you can do that. But the other challenge I want you to think about as we stand and sing is if you're already a follower of Jesus Christ, is your yes on the table? In the area of serving, giving, your gifts, your abilities, your resources, your talents, going, joining in what God's doing, is your yes on the table? If not, then tonight, man, as we sing, I encourage you, put your yes on the table. Let me pray for us. Jesus, speak to our hearts tonight. And God, as we stand to sing now at the close of our service, would it be just a time of worship? As we've just hear, listened to you tonight and heard a testimony, God, may we worship you. And may we each think about our own lives and where we are. It's in Jesus' name we pray.